0: star collective podcast the official podcast of texas cannabis collective my guest tonight is jen powell originally from well you're originally from texas you moved to yeah. jersey and recently came back to texas how you doing jen
1: i'm great how are you
0: doing pretty good please introduce yourself for our for our audience and tell us a little bit about your background and, and all that good stuff
1: so my name is Jen Powell. I'm from Texas, originally from South Texas. I'm back here now. I'm happy to be back. But um, um, I spent the last 10 years in living in northern New Jersey, uh, where I was a librarian. Um, so, yeah, so now I'm back in Texas. Um, um, but why I'm here today is because um, um, about my journey um, using cannabis to overcome my drinking. So yeah, that's
0: that's what we wanted to hear about or you wanted to tell us about was your yeah, story. Uh it's, right. it's an interesting one. It's not an it, uncommon one. Uh Right. but it's one that a lot of people find themselves in. So tell us basically how it all started.
1: Right. Um so so I was in a very abusive relationship. Um I didn't realize it was abusive, uh but it was and and so I was using a lot of alcohol to deal with that situation. And it was, it, it was as bad as it gets. It was very physical. It was obviously mental abuse, uh, emotional abuse, all of that. But, um, you know, for a period of time, there was a lot of physical abuse, and I was very scared for my life. Um, and through that time, um, I had always been a casual drinker, but I turned to hard liquor to, to deal with that just extreme chaos that was in my life. Um, yeah. And I was drinking a bot. It wasn't you know, a bottle of, uh, of vodka a day. Was you know pretty regular. Sometimes more than that. Um, sometimes I was drinking a bottle of liquor just to deal with the hangover the day before. Um, so it was really bad. Um, yeah. My uh, liver enzymes were off the charts. My eyes were yellow. Um, so I can't stress enough how bad of an alcoholic I was. But I was somehow functioning. <laughs> I was doing good. Good in my career. I had a young child at the time. Um, uh, and then a friend of mine at work, uh, I, cause I hate, I hated drinking. It made me feel awful. It made me feel like a bad person, like a bad mom. Um, the hangover itself every day, living that with that was awful. Um, so I was just living with all this guilt. And so my friend was like, why don't you try smoking weed? <laughs> and so, um, Growing up near Mexico, I've I've always had weed in my life, you know, um, so <laughs> it's it's everywhere here. <laughs> and then I lived in Austin for a while; it's everywhere in Austin. So um, yeah. I've ha- I've always smoked, you know, here and there, um, but it was never something I thought of as an adult because yeah. it's so frowned upon in our society. You know, alcohol's everywhere, but smoking is something you do when you're a kid, um, and that's acceptable. But when you're an adult, no.
0: Well, but she I, gave
1: me a bit. <laughs> I want. I
0: want. I want to interrupt you for a minute. Just, just, of course. Um, you say you were drinking a bottle of vodka a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, give us a little reference on size. I mean, that could mean a lot.
1: Okay. It, yeah. Was so, it
0: like a pint, a quart.
1: Oh no, um, like a uh, seven fifty. A seven fifty yeah. was like a regular size bottle. Um, so sometimes a seven fifty and a half. Like I guess that's a liter. Hmm. I'm bad on measurements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah so. So a normal size bottle, not like a pint bottle. You know, a lot of uh, alcohol, and I can't, I can't stress enough how detrimental that was on my health. You know, because I, I hate the taste of alcohol. So I would take a shot of vodka, and I would chase it with some sort of juice or something, and then I would eat food to take the taste away. Yeah. So on top of being an alcoholic, I gained a hundred pounds because I was, I was eating so many more calories, and I was sedentary. I. I couldn't function. You know, I was drinking yeah. so much alcohol.
0: Um, People so. don't understand with alcohol that not only does most alcohol contain a lot of sugar already. Right. The alcohol converts into sugar in your liver. Right. So that's a double whammy. And then like I say the effect of alcohol, well, especially if you're drinking 24 seven, which yeah. sounds like, I mean, I've been there. I've been down that road uh, mm-hmm. when I when I got my first divorce, it hit me pretty hard even though it was, I, I filed for it. I wanted it, but it hit me pretty hard because that was the mother of my two children, you know?
2: Mm.
0: And, and in all honesty, I went off the deep end with alcohol. So I've been there, you know, it was, it was literally 24 seven. I I passed out on the couch with a cigarette that burned down to the butt between my fingers and Budweiser tall boy in one hand. And that's how I woke up, you know, every day. Yeah. I know. I had beer for breakfast. I had beer for lunch. I had beer for dinner.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. No. <laughs> I know. But, and you, yeah. well, you're in your drinking around the clock to stay off the hangover, you know, just so you can kind of keep feeling okay.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's nonstop. But the, the, this, the aspect that you were talking about that I was getting at, though, when you when you're you have that constant alcohol, you're lethargic as well. You're not going to get up yeah. and move around and do stuff. You're going to do is no. Little as you right. have to, <laughs> right?
1: Exactly. <laughs> okay, so,
0: so your friend said,
1: yeah. So it was cannabis. actually a coworker too. Yeah, and she gave me a vape pen. She hooked me up. She said, try this, and it was instant. Instantly, I felt like I felt like I didn't have to drink um anymore when I was smoking. And Chris, I can't tell you. I would I would sit with therapists and cry, like, please help me to stop drinking. I don't know what to do. Um, and I would quit and quit and quit and then start drinking and quit. And it was this instant feeling of, wow, I don't feel so stressed out anymore. And this could kind of help me. And on top of that, I can function as a mom, as a boss, as, um, I'm not hung over the next day. Um, so it was life changing. I can't stress that enough. Um, and then I got onto Twitter I've always had Twitter, but then I found the cannabis side of Twitter and, uh, my story, as you said, is not uncommon of people using weed to oh. overcome other addictions and to actually better their lives. Um, so when it, when I heard that and cause I still felt this like, um, Oh, I'm doing something bad. You know, it was this feeling of, I shouldn't be smoking. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when I heard that, you know, it's, so many people have the same story um then it became important for me to connect with these people and then eventually now on this side of it when I feel like I've, I'm so far in my recovery from alcohol I feel like I can hopefully help other people um so that's that's why it's important to me to kind of share our stories um with others to show you know we are successful um uh, people yeah, yeah. So I, I've lost my. I've actually lost more than a hundred pounds now. But I'm very active. You know, I've completely changed my life. Um, I'm divorced now. Well, Yay. <laughs> I was gonna say we're yeah. gonna
0: we're we're getting ahead of the game a little bit. Let's back up. Uh, yeah. You're talking about this this change from or this realization that cannabis was better for you than than alcohol. So did right. you number one tell me when it was when when this happened? What point? in, in your discovery that your relationship was also part of the problem. Right. Uh, was that before that discovery or was that after that discovery?
1: It was after. So, okay. so I got sober July, 2020. Um, I stopped drinking and I hit my rock bottom. My daughter, my eyes were yellow. My daughter one morning told me I looked like a monster and I did. Um, and so I said, I couldn't, I can't do this anymore. Um, so I stopped drinking and I obviously knew my relationship was a mess from the start. <laughs> That's a long story. <laughs> but um, um, I, was just deni- <laughs> I was just in denial that I I could get out of it, I guess. I don't know how to, to word it any other way. But um, so yeah. once I quit drinking, though, um, I realized that I deserved better and how bad it actually was. Um, you know, I think the alcohol helped me be numb to a lot of what was going on. Um, so once I quit, and I, I'm a firm believer everything has to happen for a reason in a certain order. Um, and so once I decided to leave the relationship, I was very naive to the fact that because we had been living completely separate lives for years, um, completely. Um, so I, I thought, oh, we're gonna get divorced now. it's gonna be fine. Well, you know, we're on our separate ways, but I uh, the, the abuse got extremely bad over the past year. Um, it's been awful. Um, so if I wasn't sober, before all that started, I don't think I would be alive today, and I'm not saying that lightly. But um, I don't think there's a way I could have survived that without being sober from alcohol. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, uh, and he's in law enforcement too, so the whole thing was
0: oh, geez. just a that just barrel of you know <laughs> times Do you know how many times that I have heard that exact same thing? About no. someone in, in, not just law enforcement, just first responders in general. But you know, not trying to make an excuse uh, by any means. Don't don't take this the wrong way. Mm-hmm. They sometimes have a reason that they don't understand themselves with PTSD and stuff like that. Of
1: course, of course. You know,
0: but that still is no excuse to take it out on somebody else. Bottom line. So right. you found out about your relationship you you made the changes there and then right. you found out about switching from alcohol to cannabis right right, right, right. okay so when you got to that point um, I, I gotta ask um, what was the the transition like was it like okay i'm done with alcohol completely or did you 100%. still try to drink or because a lot you know a lot of people play that game i
1: know i and i did too for so long but it really was a literal switch in me and i think you know my daughter was a big part of that but um and when once that switch was flipped in me i i didn't crave it i didn't feel like drinking ever i think once i thought about it and then i thought about how on in i I would feel like i wasn't in control of my body when i was drinking
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and i i because my life was in chaos, having control over my body now makes me feel secure in the decisions I'm making and things like that, you know? So, um, so that's very important to me. So, um, so that's not something I ever want back in my life at all. Not even a drink here or there, even though I feel like I probably could handle it at this point, maybe it's just not something I ever want in my life again.
0: Yeah, that was going to be the next next question. Is is what what are the cravings? Do you have issues with cravings ever or or you-
1: no? Not with alcohol. What I have a problem. What I will say I have a problem with now is just the replacement addictions I have. You know, but they're all healthy. Like I'm obsessed with running now. I'm a huge runner. Um, it's a healthy addiction, but it's still I'm. Sure. I, I can't function until I go run. So, so yeah. <laughs> so running is like your coffee. It really is. <laughs> uh, and then, like, you have to go on longer runs. I don't know. It's a whole. It's a whole thing.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, I can but, imagine.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you you have to replace them with healthy habits. I I became obsessed with work for a while. I'm not employed right now, but um, I'm choosing not to be employed. So, um, yeah. Um yeah okay. you just have to yeah. so um for me it was filling my voids with with positive things you know and okay. so yeah
0: well, it's about time we take our first sponsor break so all right we'll we'll get ready to do our first sponsor break and then when we come back we'll get you to tell us all about what the things were were, you, were that you did to help you get over it and move right. on from the alcohol and this yep. is the Lone Star Collective podcast I'm your host host, Chris Persolia, My guest this week is Jen Powell, and uh, we'll be right back after this short sponsor break.
3: Oak Cliff Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and the Lone Star Collective podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flour, pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, delta eat, and merch. For more information on their product's quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com.
4: Thrive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas, a full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas, from traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit ThriveTX.com for more information.
2: Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective podcast, the official podcast of Texas Cannabis Collective, distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Graves.
0: Welcome back to the Lone Star Podcast, Lone Star Collective Podcast. Official podcast of the Texas Cannabis Collective. My guest this week is Jen Powell. I'm your host, Christopher Solia. They also call me Grant, by the way. Uh, Jen is telling us her story about using cannabis to get away from alcohol and a life of abuse and and trouble. And as we were going to break there, you were just about to tell us about different ways you were finding to occupy your time and other things to help you as well as get away from alcohol.
1: Right. Yeah. So uh, health and wellness has become extremely important to me. Uh, so um, so I've just recently moved back to Texas um, from New Jersey. And um, in New Jersey, I was very career focused. Um, I had a successful career as a library director. Um, but uh, moving into Texas now, I'm uh, grateful to have some time off. So I'm really focusing completely on my mental health taking a little break uh because um, it's really important to me to stay sober and uh just recover from the past two years it's been a lot i have some uh, tremendous ptsd uh from what happened over the past year especially uh
0: that's understandable so, i mean uh yeah talking about an abusive relationship and all you, you were talking about your health and and exercise and running yes. what what all things that or have you done and and how has it improved your life and and all that kind of stuff? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So when I started last year, uh, January, I just decided to get more physical and I started walking. Um, and actually, it, was, it started because every time I would have to talk to a lawyer, I would get so frustrated and go for a walk. And I, I thought, oh, that made me feel better. <laughs> Honest to God, I was dealing with my divorce lawyer and a work attorney at the same time. <laughs> and so every time I would talk to an attorney, I would go for a walk and it would make me feel better. <laughs> so um, so that's my new uh, like slogan, go work out, you'll feel better. Um, so I just started walking every single day, every single day. And then that wasn't enough. So I had to start running. And then, you know, my three miles wasn't enough. So I would start running five miles. And, um, so now I'm, um, training for a half marathon. Um, but I, I, you know, my lifestyle before was drinking, sitting on the couch, watching TV, hardly interacting with my child. And now we're running through the neighborhood. You know, she likes to go on races and I can interact with her. I, you know, my lifestyle is complete. I have so much energy. Um, so the lifestyle change is drastic and I hate it when people talk about lazy stoners or yeah. sit on the couch and play video games all day. And I just want to scream. Like I, I get up and I run. It makes me feel well, good. Um,
0: you so. left a, a pretty active career up there in New Jersey yeah. as well. Yeah. From what I, from what I know, Uh, Tell tell us a little bit about what with all you left behind and and what you were doing in the midst of being a cannabis user and an alcohol, (laughs) recovering alcoholic.
1: Yeah. So um, while I was an alcoholic, I was named the director of a little library and it was a little library, um, a town, but we weren't right uh, far outside of New York City. Uh, so it was a uh, you know thriving little neighborhood in northern New Jersey um, but because of that I got to work closely with the local government I worked in the town I worked closely with the mayor the mayor was a good friend of mine um, town council um, in Jersey uh, cannabis was legal so I was out able to have open conversations it was it was so nice for me to have um, to feel like I was making an impact in a in an, a community you know through my job and because I had The community also saw my health transformation. I'm losing weight. I'm feeling better. You know, it's such a small community, so everybody knows everybody. Um, So it was nice to be able to kind of talk with these people openly a little bit, you know, and have them in my office. (laughs) Can I tell you how I actually did it? (laughs) You know, so, um, but everybody else, I was like, oh, I just got my life together, you know? (laughs) So, but I was able to have conversations with local politicians about, you know, the cannabis laws in our little town and if they're going to let, um, you know how they were going to regulate it in our area. You did
0: some advocacy work as well. A
1: little bit. I did. I tried with our town council because our town council voted not to have a dispensary in our area. So I just, you know, had a conversation with some of them about, you know, why that decision was made. Um, you know, how we need to take that stigma away from cannabis users and that sort of thing. So I did try to advocate, um, a little bit in my area which felt good it felt um it felt um like I could have that sort of local politician uh thing it felt like I could have an impact on you know my area Big so politics what, gets a little just, scary but
0: just for our listeners here in Texas what is what is mm-hmm. it like in New York New Jersey what is the the cannabis <laughs> market and everything like it's awful is it worse than Texas or
1: it's <laughs> awful hold on I have my I'm getting my, I, I'm getting my, my card. I have my New Jersey, <laughs> I have my Jersey cannabis card. I did, um, but it's a racket, you know, all about it. Yeah. You pay, you pay a bunch of money and then to have a card, you know, you spend two seconds on a phone call with a doctor to get a card. Right. It, I mean, it's all a joke, uh, but you pay a lot of money to get it. And then you pay the state a lot of money at these, uh, you know, dispensaries it's awful it's a racket
0: what, what, what are the tax rates like in in jersey
1: i, I couldn't tell it's been so long <laughs> since i bought from a normal market but it's ridiculous i mean you're paying like 70 dollars for an eighth. so i i but mm-hmm. i still i don't even know i've bought black market for so long now um uh but why wouldn't you i mean
0: well and that's <laughs> that's the you know, that's the whole point that we try to get across the lawmakers is the the whole argument about you know, well, the black market hadn't gone anywhere in legal states; it's still flourishing. Right. Well, there's two major reasons for that. Of course, num- n- number one is simple fact that because it- there is a legal market, guess what? It's a lot easier to have an illegal grow in a legal market than it is just mm-hmm. in Mexico and bring it across the border. Number right. two reason why is because of the simple fact that. Uh, that the taxes and regulations are so outrageous in legal markets that you can get it from a legacy market right a whole lot cheaper and still get a, and a lot of times get a better quality product
1: right well and you're working with people growers that you respect and trust and you know it's it's a whole different experience uh yeah so i well, wish i yeah, could that's, grow that's, myself <laughs> that's
0: the thing they don't understand the black market when they when they hear black market or legacy market and stuff yeah, like sorry. that lawmakers think it's it's, uh, you know, the stuff coming across the border. Right. That's all they see in their mind. And
2: no. I
0: got news for you. Even back in the 80s and 90s, 75% of the marijuana sold on the black market or the legacy market in the United right. States was grown right here in the United States.
2: Mm-hmm. And that
0: was in the 80s and 90s. Right. I would say it's closer to 90, 95% now. Mm. Because yeah, then you, absolutely. Think, you see what they're getting when they have their bust down at the border. It's brickweed. When's the last time you saw any brickweed anywhere?
1: A dispensary? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's pretty, that's pretty sad.
1: <laughs> Dispensaries are notorious for having the worst, <laughs> the worst weed.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know no. about New Jersey. I'm in New York, I've never been to anywhere up there. Colorado was was pretty good when I've been to Colorado. That's the only place yeah, I've been and bought been. legal weed.
1: Well, and the, and the other problem in New Jersey was it became legal. And it took a full year. I had my medical card, so I could technically buy. It, but it took a full year for stores to open to the public. I mean, what a racket! What a racket! Just nonsense.
0: Well, you so. know, if you, you want to talk about uh, a racket? You, you you know the history of the Texas Compassionate Use Program? Uh, <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: I'm scared. I'm scared to learn about Texas.
0: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give you the brief rundown. Oh no, yeah. Uh, it's uh, passed in 2015, Texas Compassionate Use Program, or what they call the TICA, Uh mm-hmm. And it was for only severe intractable epilepsy at that time. It was only 0.5% uh, was the maximum THC that it could be by dry weight. And then it was uh, only in tincture form was the only type of medication that they could have. And mm-hmm. so uh, it not only was it, Super, super restrictive on who could get it because if you had to have this super, you know uh, intractable epilepsy, but you had to be basically treated by two neurologists in the beginning, and both had to recommend you for the teacup program. So you had to be recommended by two doctors, not one. And then wow. when you got the meds, there was to to get the level of THC that the doctor was telling you to take to control your seizures. You might be taking two cups of carrier oil a day.
1: Oh my gosh! Because there was so little. Oh because there was
0: so little THC in it. So so right. that was the beginning, and it did not go into effect until 2017. Uh, and it was, I think, it was almost 2018. I could be misspeaking now, but I think it was almost 2018 before meds were actually available to patients. But uh, 2019, we got an expansion, a lot of more conditions added. Uh, 2021, got a few more conditions added uh, mm. to the point of all cancer uh, and all PTSD were the two big ones, uh, but all kinds of neurodegenerative conditions. There's like 150 on there now. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, THC got raised from 0.5% to 1% by dry weight, which is a lot of people what? still go, oh God, oh God, right? But the thing you got to remember about that is that, that, that language by dry weight, Texas still produces 20 milligram edibles, just like any other state currently. Mm-hmm. The difference between Texas and other states now is that's all they can produce. Edibles, mm-hmm. tinctures, drinks. There's still no inhalable product whatsoever allowed, which is ludicrous for people like me who suffer from severe neuropathy when that is the number one way to treat it is to inhale it.
1: So what's the logic there?
0: or Are- uh, I don't want anybody getting stoned.
1: <laughs> but if you're taking an edible, you're going to get stoned, right? So, what's well,
0: <laughs> we, we got a whole nother ball of wax with the you know, because the Delta 8, Delta 10 oh,
2: God. scenario
0: is so rampant, right? It's mm-hmm. everywhere. And of course, the hemp derived, they've figured out that they just make a bigger gummy or a bigger Rice Krispie treat and they can have a nice <laughs> Delta 9 hemp derived. They're all over them. Mm-hmm. They're in every store. They're in convenience stores around every corner. You know.
1: i see. So, but did they actually
0: do anything? Yeah, they, they're pretty good did actually. They? Yeah. Are they?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So I actually was a judge in the, the Texas Hemp Awards recently, and and I oh, was really? quite I was quite impressed with a lot of the products this year.
2: Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, That's it, great. It,
0: it, it was. It'd be interesting to see who the winners were, but um, you know, because oh. there was good and bad, and there was mediocre, but there was some that were. Nothing to me is exceptional, but I have such a high tolerance, it's hard for me to degrade to anything, you know, that high. So I right. usually start out in the middle and say, okay, this didn't really do much for me. And I go down on that if I'm scoring. And, uh-huh. you know, if it does something for me, I go the other direction, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Excuse me. At any rate, uh, so uh, sounds like exercise and just career and everything has really been what, what propelled you in this quest to get completely away from alcohol right
2: absolutely what, away what are down.
0: what are yeah. what is the other you mentioned the weight gain tell us the downside to that
1: the downside of my drinking
0: no the downside or, to your weight gain there's been a positive oh, effect okay. on that regard as well because you i mean you threw out a number there i don't generally talk about weight women but <laughs> you threw out a number of what you gained while you were drinking oh, yeah. so yeah i figured i'd give yeah, you the so opportunity I- to say what <laughs> you know we're, we're trying to give a success story here right yes,
1: yes yeah so i've lost uh 111 pounds now i gained 100 pounds uh yeah so um i'm sorry what was the question
0: that was the question
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's the positive effect
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean and i was just hating life i was miserable inside my body because that wasn't my body you know i gained all this weight i didn't know who i was um I couldn't function. I was so embarrassed. I couldn't I wouldn't go see friends. I you know, I was so not only was I an alcoholic and in this miserable relationship, I was also isolating because I hated myself. Yeah. So, so my life is just so completely different. I'm so full of life. I want to you know, I'm going out with my friends constantly, reconnecting with old friends, um and just so much happier. I mean, obviously still a lot is going on and I'm dealing with a lot of the um, you know, after effects of the relationship yeah. I was in. But um, but I can't stress, my life is so much better now because of all yeah. the changes that I, I was
0: able to make. So. Well, we're, we're coming up on time for our, our second sponsor break. So when we get back from the sponsor break, we'll talk about what preempted your move to Texas and, and what you're doing now. And then we'll get into a little bit of how you can get more involved here in Texas if you
2: want to. Sounds good. Okay.
0: All right. This is the Lone Star Collective podcast, the official podcast of the Texas Cannabis Collective. And we're going to take our quick sponsor break and we'll be right back after these few messages.
4: Thrive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas, a full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas, from traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit ThriveTX.com for more information.
2: Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective podcast, the official podcast of Texas Cannabis Collective, distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams, and Grabs.
0: Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective, the official podcast of the Texas Cannabis Collective. I'm your host, Chris Persolia, and my guest this week is Jen Powell. Uh, I want to say a survivor of alcohol addiction is -hmm. what I want to introduce you as, and a cannabis patient slash advocate. Welcome back.
2: Thanks.
0: (laughs) We were talking about how your life has gotten better and and all Mm -hmm. that good stuff. Uh, And I just wanted to have you bring up, uh, because you've made a recent move. You mentioned it earlier about your move Mm -hmm. from New Jersey back to Texas. Mm -hmm. So I wanted you to bring up what prompted you to move back to Texas okay. cuz you lived in Texas before as you said yeah. uh-huh. and uh what your plans are and and for the future and of course then we'll get into what you were talking about earlier about getting more involved here in Texas.
1: Yeah. All right. Um so um so I recently moved back to Texas. I've been back 3 months now. Um but last summer it, I officially decided to make the move and uh, it was all very hard for me because again, I became extremely career driven. Um, I was very successful in New Jersey, um, but the reality of the situation was um, my divorce <laughs> was getting very messy. It was uh, uh, not a good situation for me to live in. Even once I was divorced, it was not going to be a safe situation for me to live in. Uh, I was, you know, my tires were being slashed. I was being stalked mm-hmm. at work. Um, it was a bad situation. So. My brother is actually an attorney, um, and he swooped in and said, um, "I want to build you a place on my property, and I need I need you and your daughter to get out of there." Um, and so he came in, and I feel like he rescued us. <laughs> he brought he built us this beautiful, amazing place, <laughs> um, and I that was the hardest thing for me because it felt like everything in my life was shutting down. I was losing my career, I was losing my friends, I was losing the place I loved in New Jersey. I love New Jersey. Um losing my marriage which I was happy about but <laughs> um but anyway so that was hard. Um so I but I realized that this is all this is all going to be for my benefit. I need my family. Um I've just been through the hardest situation of my life. I need support and in in Texas I have so much family and I have a lot of friends that I again I'm reconnecting with. I have a lot of high school friends that still live in my hometown. I have, I went to college in Austin. I still have a lot of friends there that I'm reconnecting with. Um, so that's been fun. <laughs> so, um, so being career driven, I immediately threw myself once I got back to Texas, threw myself in the job search and, you know, cause that's just who we, we are, you know? Um, yeah. so I actually was offered a great position at my dream library. It's the largest library in the state the nation, the largest single floor library in the nation. And um, I took a pause and I said, I I need to take a break for myself for for a while. (laughs) And that's so hard for all of us, right? What am I going to do with myself? But I I had to realize that financially I I can afford it right now. And I don't think I'm going to have this opportunity ever again in my life where I financially can take a little break and I don't have a mortgage right now. And when is that going to happen? Um,
2: no.
1: so, um, so I declined that job actually. And, and so I just decided to take maybe a year off just to focus. Cause I have a lot of work to do as far as the, re- the PTSD therapy recovery, and I'm looking into alternative treatments for PTSD, um, as well as obviously cannabis use. Um, but, um, so I have a lot of work to do on myself. So that's what I'm planning on doing for the next few months, at least, you know, at least six months. I don't well, I don't want to give an exact time frame, but um it's really important. I don't think our society ever does that enough. You know, I know, I know, we're so a lot of people aren't in the situation where they can't afford to stop yeah, it's, and Take it's a hard, mental break, it, but
0: it's hard to do. I mean, I'm I'm doing it myself right now. I've yeah I've, I've left my, my career job
2: mm-hmm.
0: on the sixth of January was my last day. Right. And I, I mean I gave them seven months notice, you know, and told mm-hmm. them that I was leaving. Uh told them I burnt out. You know, did commercial construction for 35 plus years. Uh, and I, just, I did work from the field all the way up the last eight years. I spent in the office as a project manager and uh, looking at four walls all day long about killed me.
1: <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> so,
0: but, you know, luckily, I'm financially in a position where I can do it. I do, right. I do still have a mortgage and a truck payment and whatnot. But <laughs> I am in a financial no. position where I can take a couple months off do me a reset. Just Mm -hmm. so happened I timed it with our legislative session in Austin, which we'll get into here in a little bit. But, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, my hope is I can get into something within the the cannabis industry here in Texas as it continues to grow and expand. Um, Uh, I've got some, my foot in the door in a couple of places, whether those things will finish and materialize we'll see Mm -hmm. Uh time will tell. But luckily, the, the place I left said the door is always open should you need oh,
2: to nice. come back
0: to. So I have that aspect, right? That's But good. anyway, yeah. I totally, my whole point in bringing that up, <laughs> not to interrupt you, but to just say I totally, totally, totally get the whole aspect of making that decision. Because it took me three years to make it. Yeah. yeah. I, I knew yeah. I was at that point three years ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I knew I needed to make a change. And I right. did. I did make some suggestions to the company that I worked for. and Said, "Hey, why don't you make this position and give it to me?"
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and they said, "It's a good idea, but we don't want to do that right now." You right. know. So, mm-hmm. but uh, ultimately, I just had to. I had to pull the plug. I just had to, because yeah. it was that or go not, right? Mm-hmm. So, no,
1: I feel so. I feel so fortunate to be in this position where I can do that. I, I, my heart goes out to people who you can. I don't I don't know cuz some days I don't know how I function. I my brain just feels like I can't process things properly because of the PTSD. <laughs> um sure. but I but you know if I was just a normal American citizen I would have to be going to a job and I you know I I couldn't know I don't know how I would do it. Um, but so I'm so grateful I have this opportunity to just take some time be a, a good mom, you know, spend a lot of time with my daughter. So that's exciting.
0: So so how old is your daughter by the way?
1: She's six. She's almost seven. She's okay. a first grader.
0: <laughs> she's, a, she's a little yeah. one, then <laughs>
1: She is. She's she's little. <laughs> she loves Texas.
0: <laughs> so, um what are your questions? You said you wanted to get involved in Texas. What What are I your do. first questions? Tell me. Tell me what you want to know, and I'll see if I can help.
1: Uh, well, I I love how you advocate for your son. Uh, you know, in, in memory of your son. That's so amazing. All the work you've done. So now that I am back in Texas. Um, like I said, I I so enjoy working with the community like I did in New Jersey and feeling like I have an impact um, in some way. So I really hope to get involved to see how I could make an impact or how my story could make an impact with um, whether that be legislature. I don't even know where to begin. It's so overwhelming, you know. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, well, Yeah. I, I will I will try to give you as good an update as I can. Um, yeah. There are there are some organizations that you could could probably uh look for on they're on twitter uh texas normals on twitter and uh fit its foundation for an informed texas is also on on twitter <coughs> excuse me they uh they're actually both run by basically the same person uh fit is a nonprofit organization that helps fund the legislative work that texas normal does you know whereas texas normal can't do uh uh, you can't use that as a tax deduction when you donate to Texas normal, but if you donate to fit, you can use that as a taxable deduction. So it's kind of roundabout to get businesses and people to donate for that tax. Deduction, right. 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 right.
2: Uh-huh. But anyway,
0: you can look those up on Twitter, but basically the state of Texas, the, the quick, easy, mm-hmm. <laughs> no real quick, easy run. No,
2: there's nothing. Quitting,
0: we, 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 we have legislative session every two years. Right. Uh, We do not have what a lot of other states have with the ballot initiative where you can do a petition Mm. and get a measure put on a ballot. That is not Mm. something we have in Texas. So we have to go through the legislative process. Now, we can go through the legislative process and get them to do what's called a joint resolution, which uh, basically they pass it through the House with a supermajority, then it passes through the Senate with a supermajority. It has to be a supermajority in both chambers, and then that puts it on the ballot. Once mm. it's voted on, if it passes, then that puts it back in the hands of the legislature to write the law <laughs> and the regulations, et cetera. So you're talking about a two- to six-year process, right? Wow. <laughs>
1: oh, so the Texas. Likelihood, oh, Texas. Oh, Texas. The likelihood of that
0: happening is slim and nuts. So where we're at is we got, as I explained earlier, we got the teacup program in through 2015. We got expansions Mm -hmm. in 2019 and 2021. They are pushing, I say they, we are pushing for uh, expansions to the teacup again. We're going to try to either get the THC limitation removed and left up to the physician to decide how much and how often, as it should be, Mm -hmm. Right. Or at least get it raised to 5%, which would open the door massively to a lot of other things and make medications more affordable for mm-hmm. patients. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the, and then they're going to also try to get some conditions added like chronic pain and a few others. Uh, so that's where we're at on the medical side. Uh, chances of getting any smokable products, probably not going to happen. Uh, just because the mentality is so out there uh in, in that regard you know so that being said <clears throat> excuse me um uh, when you look at the uh, fact of all the the legal products that are now available in texas that we talked about earlier with the the delta 8 the delta 10 the hhc the thco uh and the hemp derived mm-hmm. delta 9 mm-hmm.
2: uh <laughs> it's also silly <laughs>
0: Well, it, what's so silly about it is the cat is out of the friggin' bag, folks. <laughs> so far out of the bag yeah. with the right. Delta 8. I mean, there's Delta 8 pre rolls around every corner. Right, you right. Know, yeah, I are. mean, it's perfectly legal to buy them, you know. And here's right. the thing. Uh-huh. There's a lot of people who would be on the teacup program who are using the Delta 8 product. And this is my argument. And it's an argument of a lot of scientists and physicians, too. Uh, which makes it my argument. We know what happens. There's enough history of people smoking marijuana, right? Putting flame to it, inhaling it, and smoking (laughs) it. We know what happens when you smoke Delta-9. Right. Delta-8, while it is a naturally occurring cannabinoid, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: what's in the stores is not. Because Mm -hmm. they cannot, well, they can, but they have to do it on such a massive scale to get such a small amount of the Delta-8 without mm-hmm. doing a synthetic conversion. Anything, oh, right. anything that's on the market today is most likely a synthetic conversion. There are some companies out there who are doing some extraction of biomass and whatnot mm-hmm. and on massive scales and making products that are you know, derived Delta-9 mm-hmm. or, or Delta-8 as well. But they're few and far between. Uh, most of it, you're, they're taking CBD and converting it to Delta-8. Okay. How
2: does this make sense, we, though? A natural we plant.
0: <laughs> well, that's my thing. We don't know oh. what happens. And that's what all these doctors that I know are saying. We don't know what happens. There's not enough history. It's only been around right. a couple years.
2: Right.
0: In mass, like it is now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like the vape cartridges all over again.
2: Know. We
0: don't know what's going to happen to all these people. But a year from now, two years from now, they're going to start. 30 years from now, I know. Yeah, you know.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, it's crazy. That that's legal, but right. the natural delta nine is not.
2: Natural. So here's plant. the
0: thing: we have a senator. Of course, we know the bill is probably come from higher up or, or origination, and this senator is just the avenue that's being used to put it into the process. Senator Perry, I love it, has filed a bill, and I don't want to say the wrong bill number, yeah. but it's a Senate bill. Uh, but uh, this Senate bill basically is going after all the delta eight, delta ten. It's going after any form of THC that's synthetically derived. Mm -hmm. So that's going to put a lot of people out of business in Texas. Because there are a lot of businesses that have have popped up in the last two years, right? So there's that argument that they're going to fight to keep it. My argument is, okay, you don't want that. That's fine and well, and I don't have a problem with that. Let's get the real thing, you know, because we know what's going to happen with this. Nothing. Nothing bad anyway. Right. I don't know what's going to happen with that other stuff, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, even the doctors that I know, they say, well, it's one thing to ingest it. What it right. we, we don't know what happens to it when you burn it and then inhale mm-hmm. it. That's different than just eating right. it, you know? So right. that's the big thing. But ways you can get involved uh, in Texas are, depends mm-hmm. on what to what length you want to go. <laughs> I mean, well,
1: Oh, I'm free for the next few months, so I've got a lot of time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, there's, uh, of course, Texas Normal puts out what they call action alerts, uh, which is another reason why I say follow them. But uh,
1: I'm writing down.
0: what they do is that they'll, they'll, it's basically it's real neat. You go, you click on this link that they'll post and they'll, they'll tweet it out, too. But you click on the link, you put in your uh, name and address and your email address. And it basically pulls up who your reps are, your rep and senator, and it already has a pre-written form letter there that you can just hit send, or you can ad lib to you know and edit if you prefer to add or take away, and Mm -hmm. then hit send. (coughs) Excuse me, my voice is trying to disappear on me. (laughs) (laughs) But at any rate, uh, what that's one way that you can get involved. Of course, obviously, you can go to uh, who represents me dot texas dot gov and find out who your reps are that way uh and and email them and call them directly uh but there's a link uh i'll send it to you if i don't Uh, get a (laughs) a particular page that they have uh, that they update with all the cannabis related bills so they have penalty reduction bills medical full legalization bills a couple that have been filed and all that and they update those pages on a regular basis and so you can you can like bookmark that page and go back and look and see if there's anything new and stuff. Uh, one thing that uh if you're interested if you have the free time
1: uh, <laughs> I think I do. Uh
0: of course it involves traveling to Austin. But when we Yay get,
1: that's my favorite. <laughs> I figured you might
0: since you lived in Austin for a period. When they get to the point where uh we get bills and we get the committee hearings. Uh, if you can come and testify in person
2: yeah
0: uh, that goes a long way the more people that they literally usually you know normally it's you get three minutes to, to mm-hmm. give your little right. talk uh-huh. uh they usually cut us down to two
1: really? and they've
0: been known to cut us down to a minute and a half because we have so many people show so up
1: many that's great
0: yeah that's great uh i've been there i've gotten there at nine or ten o'clock in the morning before and left at 11, 30, 12 at night and sometimes wow. and don't leave till three or four the next morning
1: <laughs> right i know that's so <laughs> exciting
0: know, it's crazy, that's so exciting but, yeah, i love being
1: part of that yeah
0: it, 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 it can be an adrenaline rush too though you oh know, sure yeah that, the anticipation and all but you know when they have a committee hearing there might be 50 bills in that right. hearing you don't know when yours is going to be called but you better be right. there because when they call the bill and call your name if you're not there next
1: <laughs> right Uh huh. yeah but those that are word. some
0: ways you, easy ways you can get involved uh, no
1: that's great i do want to be more involved now that i'm in texas
0: yeah stay up to date with the bills and then and and then of course follow the texas cannabis collective too uh,
1: absolutely
0: you know yeah. we, we're always doing stuff constantly well you're
1: doing great things
0: in fact i'm i'm headed for austin tomorrow
1: <laughs> no gonna way be,
0: gonna be in austin on wednesday visiting every single office in the capitol
1: really yeah that's amazing good for you
0: that's just one trip i've already (laughs) been once this year
1: (laughs) that's amazing you need to document that i love you know that's
0: that's something else that that texas normal does too they uh and they probably will get into that more into february like mid-february but uh Mm -hmm. there's a big coalition that the collective is part of where they try to do every week where they do what they call direct actions, where people go and hand out something information-wise, information, testimony, research, uh, just different stuff, you know, different days. So that's great. Just keep, we keep poking at them, you know.
2: <laughs>
0: keep poking yeah. the bear, that's all we can do. I know, that's right. <laughs> so are there any are final doing? words uh, that you have for... <laughs> You know, words of encouragement, maybe for somebody who may be in a situation like you were uh, yeah. something like that before we we close this out. Um,
1: well, I just want to say um, to anyone who is struggling with alcohol or an abusive relationship, um, I know how overwhelming that might be or how, how dark a period um, that might be. Um, there's always help. Um, and I'm here to help, uh, talk if anybody needs help. Um, any guidance or help, just advice. Sometimes you just need somebody to talk to. Um, so I'm here if anybody needs to find well, me on Twitter. <laughs> JennyO82 on Twitter.
0: That's what I was fixing to say. Tell everybody how to
1: find me. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm JennyO82 on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram as Jen librarian 82 So you can find me there also.
0: Okay, good deal. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you. Reach for, out,
1: use community.
0: <laughs> I want to thank you again <laughs> for joining us telling your story it's hard for people a lot of times to come forward and talk about the difficult times that they've been through and things but these stories help other people come forward and they help our lawmakers understand that that this is a medicine not just something people go out and party with right
1: absolutely well thanks for having me it's so fun to talk to you we've been talking on twitter for so long now It's so so yeah fun to finally to, to see face to, to face it's yeah. not in person
0: but it's close i know but uh, and 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 Thanks for putting up with my flubs with knocking microphones over and
2: <laughs> No. Night was not my night. No, you're good. <laughs> all right. Everybody, so everybody nice that to... don't
0: everybody that don't know, this is only my second week to push all the buttons and stuff and we moved stuff around this week so it kind of threw me off a little bit.
1: You're doing a great job. <laughs> well, thank
0: you. Anyway, you thanks are. again for joining us and uh and appreciate you uh, telling your story. It's been been a
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having
0: me. It was fun. I want to thank everybody again for joining us here on the Lone Star Collective podcast, the official podcast of the Texas Cannabis Collective. And uh, I want to be sure that, uh, you know, everybody comes and joins us every week. Like and subscribe so you don't miss our new episodes because we're constantly bringing these new stories, not only of just people like Jen, but other people like lawmakers and stuff. And if you have questions, sometimes we can get those out there, too. So thanks again for joining us.